0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. Um, Today, I am talking with my friend, Janet King. Hi. And um, we've been friends for several years, and um, I just wanted to get her to talk about her experience with deconstructing. And we're just going to have a conversation today. This is actually my first time to be able to be in person with someone um, while doing a podcast and video, uh, because mostly I've been doing them over... Um, Zoom with people like across the world, and um, Janet is local and right here in Texas, so it's fun to do it this way. Uh, but anyway, so we're we're talking, and I've been posting some things about deconstruction and that type of thing, deconstructing your faith, reimagining your faith, and so we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, both of our experiences with it, um, and I especially want to hear um, Janet's experience with it. But basically, um, deconstructing your faith is when you're really sort of examining everything that you've been taught, that you believe, maybe your church culture, church teachings, youth group, uh, homeschool groups, all that kind of thing where the just things that we you know have in our, our church culture and belief systems and sometimes it's good just to take a a step back and really look at those things mm-hmm. so okay you want to just kind of introduce yourself and um tell us a little bit about you you're now living in texas
1: Yes. So, um, my name is Janet King. I'm, uh, I, I don't know. What do you want? Like I'm a mom. Yeah. I've got a whole bunch of kids. I have seven children. I have 14 grandchildren. Um, I have lived in many different places. Um, when, uh, Alan and I were married, we transferred a lot of different places. Uh, my parents moved a couple of times. So, uh, it gave me the opportunity to to live in a lot of different states, but Texas was always really my my home. I always Mm -hmm. felt most comfortable here. My husband was born and raised in Houston. So most of our family is all here. Um, This is where we come for family reunions and what have you. So I moved back um, to the Houston area in 2016, after being, up in the Chicago area for 21 years, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, um, and that's when we met. That's when we Mm -hmm. met, it was in 2016. Mm -hmm. I started going to your Catch the Fire Church, Mm -hmm. and that's where Anna and I met. And then we started working together, Mm -hmm. um, doing the same business together, so it's been a treat. Yeah, yeah, fun. So, um,
0: all right, so we were talking about this a little bit yesterday, which, why don't we just, why don't you give them a little background of your, like your spiritual background, your church background from
1: upbringing. Okay. You know, okay. Um, so I was born um, into a Catholic family, um, a pretty devoted Catholic family. I was born in New York in a small community. I went to Catholic school. All my siblings did. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a large family. Um, our your your typical Irish-Italian Catholic family. And that was most of our neighborhood. Um, I was very content in my faith um, as a Catholic. I My parents got involved in the charismatic Catholic renewal oh. in the early 1970s. And my father had a, an experience uh, with Jesus, um, meeting him as his friend. And um, it wasn't long after that, that mom and I both came around though dad was acting a little weird, (laughs) um, we came around and, and that, um, I had always felt very particularly close to God as a small child, even, but, um, that experience just launched me into, um, really wanting to dig deeper and Mm -hmm. find out more things are you talking about like with the holy spirit with the holy spirit just with your relationship or walk with god what does that look like Mm -hmm. so um you know i kind of i got more involved in the catholic church and did some things they started doing kind of like i wouldn't say bible studies prayer meetings were what they were called and um it just wasn't hitting the mark for me though um of course lots of people wanted me to become a nun but that wasn't incredibly appealing to me (laughs) because I really wanted to be a mom um so I moved to Houston Texas um on my own shortly after my 19th birthday and I came to Houston to get a job it was during the oil a boom era. Mm-hmm. Everybody's moving and to Houston. Everybody was mm-hmm. moving to Houston. So I came to Houston, got a job and I got involved in an evangelical church. Mm-hmm. Never had been a part of an evangelical church before. And pretty much from that point on, um, now well, that's not pretty much from that point on, I've been involved in evangelical churches. So I've, uh, I would say 40 years, mm-hmm. um, what and was different just the, just off the the the, the biggest the thing off things. the bat was the Bible mm-hmm. um, like it it preached the like they taught from the Bible that gave me everyday understanding mm-hmm. um, so that I could actually bring that into my everyday and and know that God was really with me and he was really for me and um anyone who would be from a Catholic background would probably understand um, that there seems to be a huge gap um, between you and God. And there's a lot of guilt and shame in, in between there. Um, and not everybody feels that way. I mean, there's many Catholics who mm-hmm. don't feel that way and I'm not I, for me. Um, and I know for some of my siblings, there just seemed to be this huge gap between actually reaching God and, um, you know, like here you are just being a good Catholic and you have, but you have to do these certain things.
0: Mm -hmm. Go to confession. Yes, you have
1: to do all these things, but in between you and God is still all this guilt Mm -hmm. and shame because you'll never be perfect enough. And not that they were saying you had to be perfect, but it was just this overriding feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, sin, was very much a part of that whole teaching. Mm-hmm. So for me, yeah. um, I felt a gap. Yeah. So going to the evangelical churches, I started to feel like I was getting um, some good Bible teaching, some ways mm-hmm. for me to bring it into my every day. And then maybe I wouldn't sin as much. Maybe there wouldn't be this gap. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it was absolutely wonderful for me for a for a long time. It mm-hmm. did help me solidify a faith um, and make me feel um, closer mm-hmm. to God. Um, but I was still young. I mean, I got married at nineteen. Um, my husband was 23 we were still we were young and um I had a lot of growing up to do mm-hmm.
0: yep at 19 we all do yeah. yeah yeah
1: sure well yeah
0: that's interesting um I guess I'll just give a little bit of my background and then we can okay up, go from there and um so yeah I was raised grew up in a denominational church and um it was um, called um, the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, and um, there's a lot of really good things that I learned from there, and we took communion every week, uh, major focus on being kind and being good, a lot of things about, um, you know, uh treating people the way that Jesus would treat them. And that was really good. And, um, we also had a female minister as on staff and she did everything that the men did. And so Mm. that planted in me the idea that, well, of course women can be ministers. It never occurred to me that they couldn't and, um, or wouldn't be able to. Um, and so there were a lot of good things about it. Um, But when I got to be a teenager, I was really sort of just hungry for more. I don't like, I I think there's more than what I'm getting here. And so um, I determined in my high school years that when I went away to college, I would find a new church, new type of church. And I had a teacher that was a spirit filled Christian going to a word of faith type of church. And so she was always saying, saying things like, well, praise the Lord that, you know, we, she was our debate coach. So she would drive us places. Praise the Lord that we got here safely. Praise the Lord that we're going to do well, (laughs) you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, I think she really knows God. You know, I didn't feel that close. Mm -hmm. I just really kind of admired her relationship with God. So when I went to college, I, um, looked around at different churches and I, um, um, had asked her, and she had told me about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I was looking for. And at that time, I did find a church and got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And there were a lot of really amazing things about that church and things that I learned. Um, and then there were some not great, not so great things, which I'll probably talk about in a little bit. But from that point on, I have been in different types of evangelical
1: yeah. churches mm-hmm. on so that would be me too it wasn't yeah. one specific it was many different yeah. flavors flavors that's a good <laughs> word for it yeah so
0: so um yeah and I think you know there's so many great things that I've learned and I'm sure you've learned over the years oh, yeah, yeah. and um um but then there comes a time when you maybe think is this really everything that do i really agree with everything um is this really being helpful to me healthy for me all of that and i know you were saying that there was kind of like a crisis point in your life that sort of like yes, began your deconstruction
1: process. Do
0: you want to tell about that? Sure.
1: Um, so over the past 20 years, um, so like I said, I've been in some form of an evangelical church for 40 years, but over the past 20 years, I've just, I've really just bumped into, um, just like walls that just didn't, they just didn't make sense to me. Um, but, you know, we're taught, you know, you, you need to stay in fellowship and, and what have you. So it was never like I questioned things, but I, I I just didn't feel like. I didn't know what it was. So when I. But you would never consider leaving because I, I had a couple of times where I actually did not go to church okay. for about six months. So mm-hmm. my little sister was killed in 1998. Mm-hmm. And I did not go to church for six months after Maureen was killed. And I had a lot of questions to God during that time. And basically I went back to church, honestly, because I was guilted Mm -hmm. into going back to church because I kept being told, what kind of an example of a mom are you if you're not going to church? How are your kids going to, you know, and it's not that I really didn't want to go to church, but I was just really talking to God and grieving and trying to work through my own insides. Um, I would say when 9-11 happened in 2001, there was another, you know, something preached from the pulpit that did not sit right with me at all. Um, My husband knew he could just tell that I was angry. He literally held my my um, legs so that I wouldn't get up and walk out to mm-hmm. church um, because we were on the front row. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he knew I would not, that would not jive with me. So mm-hmm. it's things like that um, that have happened mm-hmm. that when, when this happened in 2018, so my father died in December of 2018. Six weeks later, my best friend and her husband were lost at sea. Um, And seven months later, my brother passed Mm -hmm. away. And my brother was young, he was 62. And, um, you know, my father was 90. He'd lived a long life. Um, He chose not to let them do anything with him and um, go into hospice. It was time, he said, it was time to go home and meet Jesus. Um, So, you know, dealing with dads, I was grief. There was grief, but not like the devastation of Ken and Alice um, really put me in a hole. It just didn't make sense. And then my brother who died painfully, uh, with lung cancer that had spread to his bones. Mm -hmm. And he literally had tumors growing out of him, Mm -hmm. um, in his last month, he was in a lot of pain. So Mm -hmm. it was very sad. Um, and it just brought up just things in me that, yeah, I, I went to church about two weeks after my brother passed away and somebody was hugging me and, um, asked me how I was doing. And I said, well, I'm okay. And they said, well, you know, what's going on? And I said, well, you know, my brother just passed away. And they said, but he's in such a better place. Mm-hmm. And I was just really taken aback because I thought, oh, of course I know that. I'm a woman of faith. I know that. I know that not only is my brother in a better place, but he has both his legs because he was an amputee, and he has both his legs. He's dancing. He's having a great time. He's out of pain. Um, But there was this disconnect from my feelings, Mm -hmm. and I, I just felt like there was something missing. Mm -hmm. Like there's got because that's not the first time that's been told to me. I. I mean, I had been rebuked. I think that's a common thing. Right. Like, you know, right. in the sort of faith. faith, Right. Um, like
0: Probably word of faith type. Um, it's like we celebrate when someone dies. Right. Because they're in a better place. But right. sometimes you're not allowed to kind of feel, feel the, feelings. the feelings.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had been rebuked before for not having faith mm-hmm. because I was sad, you know. So... Um, It just wasn't sitting right with me. And I just thought, you know, four deaths in 10 months.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's just a lot. It is a lot. And I was coming up on my 60th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Woo-hoo. And I I know that that triggered something also because uh, my experience of church has been Um, At one point in time, my husband and I were in the ministry, we were um, youth pastors um, at a church out in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and um, always were in leadership from that point on. Um, He ended up working secular jobs, so being a pastor, just, you know, that was full-time pastor was not going to work for us. Plus we had a lot of kids, a lot of mouths to feed. So um, he worked secular jobs, but we were always in leadership and hosting home groups and Bible study, you know, just the litany of things to do. Um, As, I forgot where I was going with this. I'm so sorry. Uh, um, (laughs) Lovely. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, We
0: were were talking about how you're not allowed to feel your feelings. You didn't have enough faith. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, just having done all that and then coming to this place of going, you know, I haven't been allowed to feel certain things for a long time, or Mm -hmm. I've been ignored because I did have feelings and they didn't know what to do with me. Um because I am a feeler for mm-hmm. sure And um, I questioned a lot of things uh, this, oh I know what I was saying about turning 60, you know that mm-hmm. um, having done all these things I I felt like I never did enough. Mm-hmm. I, I would go to church on Saturday night um, and it would be like a pepper. Mm-hmm. or Sunday morning, whenever mm-hmm. you go to church, it would be like a pep rally, get you all geared up for the week. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you came back next Saturday night, you had to get pepped up again to get make it through a week. And you know that you fell short during that week. Mm-hmm. And the preaching wouldn't necessarily be you've sinned, but it would say, this is what we need to be doing. This is what we should be focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, Because of the way I'm made, Um, I am a perfectionist, um, pretty anal about some things, you know, and it's just the way I feel like I'm just made that way. And so when you're telling me that if I do this, this and this, I can achieve this. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's go. go. Yeah. I'm very goal oriented. And, you know, if you set the pattern out, yeah, I'm for it. So I felt like I've been doing this for 40 years, setting the pattern, walking it out. And I'm still not there. Mm -hmm. I I still go to church and I'm still not there.
0: So in other words, you're saying, so you you do all the things and yet you still feel like it's not, it's not enough. It's not
1: quite enough. Mm -hmm. You're not. um, I, I mean, there's so many things that go into this and I try I'm trying to grapple what for me personally, I felt that you always fell short Mm -hmm. and there was never enough. The ultimate was to be in ministry. If you were in ministry, then you've achieved. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Ministry was like the ultimate thing. And here I am 60. I'm single. I'm, Trying to make a you know a living. I had been a stay-at-home mom for 36 years, and now I'm on my own. and um, I, I have to make a living. you mm-hmm. know, um, Sure, I would love to be in ministry. I thought that's what I always wanted. Mm-hmm. But I realized as I was coming up on my sixtieth birthday that um, there this is Janet. <laughs> this is all there is. There isn't more, and I'm not saying don't have hope, but at the same time, there's been a lot of preaching in the past several years about following your dreams, going after your dreams, okay? Again, I'm 60. Um, Some dreams are just not gonna be attainable for me, Mm -hmm. you know? And being content with Mm -hmm. the life that I've lived, not always looking, yeah. And being who you really are. Right. And, and being content with who I am yeah. and where I am and what yeah. I have mastered um, and what I have already given. And I did devote my life to God, I felt. Um, but there were just too many things. I, I felt like I couldn't feel. Um, I felt that there was some oxymorons going on, being mm. told, you have the mind of Christ you know, and, you know, you can do all things because you have the mind of Christ, but don't get out of fellowship Mm -hmm. because you'll be deceived by the enemy. You might backslide. Yeah. (laughs) But what, where, how is that? If I have the mind of Christ, how am I fellowship, fellowship with God is one thing, but fellowship with the church. I didn't have to be in fellowship with the church Mm -hmm. to stay in Christ um, and it, that's where I am now. I, but before that was like how I have to go to church and I have to go to church, but yet I have the mind of Christ. So I just felt like there were these things that were not computing. And I know that we all have our questions like um, if you believe in praying for healing and then the person doesn't get healed, where does that fall? Um, Those were questions I still had because, yeah, I just wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure anymore. I really wasn't sure. And I had people say to me when my brother was dying, um, you know, we need to believe for healing for him. And I I have to be honest with you. I didn't want my brother to be healed because my brother had early onset dementia. So Mm -hmm. the cancer was cured my brother would have continued a life yeah. in dementia. And that wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't think people heard. Like, um, And I'm not trying to be an unbeliever or someone not full of faith, but I'm not so sure that mm-hmm. I, I just don't know where I am with healing. Yeah. You know, that I'm still, that's still a, that's still a perplexing thing for me. It is the big question.
0: I and mean, if you're comfortable talking about it, you told me about one thing I think is crazy when you had had a miscarriage. Yes. Someone said something <laughs> crazy, so, hurtful
1: yes. to you. So, also along the way, I, in my walk, um, as I question things too, I mean, I've been, <sighs> my first experience with really like radical, I don't know where, I just don't even understand this, I don't get this. Um, I was pregnant with our third child. Um, It was a little girl, Annie. And um, I was 17 weeks pregnant when we found out that she did not have a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we were going to a Word of Faith church and we wanted to believe that God would breathe life back into Annie. So I continued to carry Annie, but in the meantime, the church had found out that Annie had died in utero. And um, our friends were actually told not to talk to us, um, not to pray for us. Um, We were ostracized and I went to church And a woman, why were you
0: ostracized?
1: Well, because it was believed that we had a lack of faith and we must have been in sin. And, and that is what this woman said to me when I went to church, she said, um, she came up to me. I mean, like pointedly, like this was her goal was Mm -hmm. to tell me this. Mm. And, um, she said to me that you must be in some sin for God to let you carry a dead baby. Uh. And that was devastating to me um, but it did cause questions in me too. I mean again, where I had to go to God and just say, "What is this about?" Yeah. I mean from the onset I, at the church again there were there were wonderful things I've, I've learned mm-hmm. on, along my journey, but there were devastating things. Um, I feel like there was a lot of undermining of my marriage um, in subtle, subtle ways. Um, I was told from the get go when I started going to these evangelical churches that Alan and I were unequally yoked. So I was already behind the eight ball. Mm. Um, And um, that made me think of him as less than, it was a very much a them and us type of thing. And he was one of them, (laughs) he wasn't one of us yet.
0: So Wait, like that you were more spiritual than I he was. Yeah.
1: I need to get him to come on board yeah. because we'll never our marriage won't work unless he's yeah. on board. Um, that's not really an encouraging thing to tell a young married woman, you know, <laughs> that she's already behind the eight ball. Right. Um, I felt defeated before I even started. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm saying this was within the first year year and a half of our marriage that this was being said to me. Um, Yeah. Um, At one point, my husband had uh, came home from a business trip and told me he wanted to move out and get an apartment. Um, I was devastated. He left the next morning on another business trip. He was gonna be gone all week long. I, of course, called um, the associate pastor's wife, And, um, they were appalled at, you know, this thing and, um, the pastors, the male pastors kind of all got together when Alan got back in town, they just like cornered him and sat him down and what have you. Um, and he didn't move out. He stayed, um, because they met with him, but nobody ever met with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nothing was ever discussed with me. And I tried asking Alan a couple of times, um, and uh, he had nothing to say. He was like, "I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking." Blah blah blah. Um, About three months afterwards, I was talking to our pastor, senior pastor, and I just said, "You know, I I just I'm having a hard time with trust with Alan because you know he came home saying this, and it was for me totally out of the blue. He had just moved me." cross country from Texas to Illinois and with five kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was shocked. I mean, this is five months after we moved and no family, no nothing here. Mm -hmm. And my pastor's advice was that Janet, you just need to be happy that Alan comes home every day. Wow. And so, uh, you know, Taking all these things into account, um, I just feel I just was to the point where I was like, you know what? I've had enough. I mm-hmm. I just so it was I, like a tipping point. Yes, I've yeah. had enough. Mm-hmm. I need to. I know when the person said to me, "I should be happy. My brother's in heaven," they did not mean a very horrible thing to me. But it was the last straw for me. I just thought, I I cannot fake who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually really like who I am. (laughs) But I felt like I had to be somebody else a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So
0: when you decide, okay, this is enough. What then did you do? You kind of withdrew from going to church
1: all the time. I did withdraw from going to church. Um, you know, and it's, so honestly, it I, I can't say it couldn't have been a better time, but um, the work that Anna and I do, my brother died right at the beginning of open enrollment season for us, which is just a crazy busy time for us. So not going to church really wasn't going to be, Noticed because they knew that 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 mm-hmm. was my job and what have you, and now I had a commitment with the church. Um, I volunteered and they put me on um, the schedule for it was like the third week of january and uh, I had not been to church since october, and i I felt like I needed to fulfill my commitment um, so I went that night and Um, (laughs) It was really funny. I was working the book table and I did my job and then I went inside for about five minutes uh, of the worship and um, realized that I, I couldn't stay there listening. I at that point was starting to have trigger things, things that were bothering me and worship was one of those things that was bothering me and Mm -hmm. I was I didn't know why um but that was part of my journey with God was I I felt like it triggered me okay Lord why is it triggering me Mm -hmm. let's talk about this can you talk to me about this you know um so I went actually out in my car and believe it or not I sat in my car and listened to a podcast on deconstructing your faith (laughs) Um, And then I had to go back into church and volunteer, do the volunteer table again. And, um, and when I left that evening, I just knew I would never go back. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not an easy thing to do when you were born, where you go to mass every Sunday. And I always had a strong faith and I, I love, I'm a social person, love going to church, love seeing all my friends and what have you. So Um, but this also came right at the time that I stopped going to church. Um, that was the end of January and then COVID hit Mm -hmm. in March. So again, I just feel like the Lord just kind of covered my tracks for (laughs) me. Um, just so happens one of my really good friends was also in the process of deconstructing. I didn't Mm -hmm. know that Mm -hmm. until I started asking her some questions and she was like, seriously Janet and I was like yes and she goes oh my gosh I've been dealing with this for two years now Mm -hmm. so she and I have just she has been a a huge help for me in walking this path Mm -hmm.
0: Um, it was interesting because a lot of people who are going through this deconstruction phase coming out of the evangelical churches are the younger people, maybe mm-hmm. the thirties, twenties, thirties, right? you know? So, right. um, but I think there's, uh, also a lot of people uh, older okay. than that that are, maybe they're just not as vocal. vocal. It, well, you know?
1: because in reality, um, I mean, if you think about it, we have a lot more to lose i mean these are lifetime friends mm. i you know i have friends from houston that i prayed with um every other tuesday for five years so there's eight of us and we've had reunions along the years because we've all i think there's only two left in houston at this time but two of them are my dear dear friends and they're still very involved um in the evangelical move, they don't understand me, I don't want to lose them as friends, but Mm -hmm. I don't agree with a lot of things that they're, that they have on their plate. Mm -hmm. Um, As I've questioned, I've dramatically changed my, it has been a true paradigm shift for me. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, My sister, who is a very a liberal uh, person who left the church many, many, many years ago. Um, She, when I say certain things now, she's just like, uh, who are you? You know, (laughs) Um, because she just cannot believe the dramatic change that I've had. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it's been a grieving process because this is where I've put all my yeah, a lot of time, a lot you know, of time, effort. my value, my mm-hmm. was all in church and um, I, I'm starting over, mm-hmm. you know, I started over at 54, 55 years old. And um, I mean, literally started over, went to college mm-hmm. for the first time in my life. And um, so that's just not where I am. And my effort is into my children, my grandchildren um, leaving a legacy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that is part of the Christian, um, talk as well, you know, and that, uh, I should be satisfied as a mom, but there's more there, there is more to that. Um, I need to be satisfied in being Janet yeah, and mm-hmm. being a woman mm-hmm. and in being empowered. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Being who God created you to be. Created me to be,
1: yes. Um, I've just realized so much of the, um, dare I say, the patriarchal um, whole society that even a lot of evangelical churches still operate under. Yes, yep. Um, Even when they might have their token woman or two leader mm-hmm. there's still this you know well you can be on the prayer team mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or you can work with the children's right ministry. or you can work with the children's ministry mm-hmm. i'm telling you what ladies anybody men ladies but especially ladies i have seven children i cannot work in children's church yes at thank all you. at all it, yeah. I literally have anxiety attacks mm-hmm. when they put me on children's church I'm yeah. just like I can't do that that I know I have my I know I have seven kids I know I raised seven kids I had a noisy house but those were my children uh, that was good I am not called to work I, I cannot be in a room full I even have anxiety at times about babysitting my own grandchildren so like this is not just about other people yeah don't take that on please. <laughs> yeah. And I always felt like people who
0: have four kids like I do or seven kids like you on a Sunday morning, you've got them all there. My right. gosh, you don't want to go work in children's <laughs> church. For I know. Sake, I, know, you know? Hire I know somebody as a ministry to these mothers. mothers yes, anyway, absolutely. That's another, that's another, another whole subject. thing. Yes. <laughs> so I'll give a little bit of um, a couple times in my life where I feel like I did you know, we now call it deconstructing. I would have at the time, maybe called it a time in the wilderness. Um, okay. Yeah. So one of mine was, um, real dramatic, um, which was, um, I was in a church that, um, where there was a lot of, uh, control, um, like if you didn't come to a meeting, you would get a phone call the next day. Mm. Where were you? And you had to have a really good excuse. You wow. know? And um, there were just a lot of rules and things. And and on the flip side, I did learn a lot of good things um, in in this church and stuff. But the um, there was definitely um, a lot of legalism and um a lot of things that were allowed a lot of things that were not allowed so there were just things like that that were happening and and i had come from a really free kind of background and it so i just was not in agreement with this kind of thing mm-hmm. and so it just got to the point where i thought i can't stay in mm-hmm. this church and so the the hard thing was um, all my friends were in the church and I was living with people in the church. And so when you leave in this type of situation that you're either in the church or you're not. And, um, so when you leave, it's a big deal. And so, um, so I did, you know, went to the pastor's so I'm leaving anyway. So I, I did leave that church, but, um, it was, it was a huge thing. Like it took me a long time to get over it. Cause I was ostracized by, mm-hmm. you know, right. all yeah. my people and I totally understand that as soon as my lease was up, I had to find a new place to live and that kind of thing. And, um, so it was hard, but I would say also it was one of the most growing times spiritually for me mm-hmm. because I had to go, um, to the deepest part within me and to the word, the scriptures and kind of research, well, what do I think? Mm-hmm. And it was really, I'll never forget this, Galatians chapter three that set me free from this mm-hmm. church that I thought, okay. Um, because it's talking about, you know, uh, Paul's talking to the Galatians, you know, you started out following the spirit, mm-hmm. but now you're trying to, trying to complete everything in the flesh by the rules and regulations. And so that's how I had felt that my experience mm-hmm. had been with this church. So it, it gave me the strength and, and I grew spiritually because of that, mm-hmm. you know, experience. Um, and then, so for years I was in, you know, um, different types of evangelical churches and, you know, there's lots and lots of flavors, um, right? Absolutely. and, um, they look very different from each other. And, um, I was in more, um, um, I would say word of faith type. And so, which differ differs from some evangelical churches in one way in particular, which, um, is that I was taught and really believed that, um, our righteousness comes from Christ's righteousness. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't have to strive for it. We don't Mm -hmm. have to, you know, do certain things to be righteous, like, because of him, we are righteous. Mm -hmm. And that's our identity. So I had a lot of friends, not a lot of friends, but people I knew, particularly in more like homeschool groups and things, that their attitude would have been you know, you're a sinner saved by grace, but you're always a sinner. You know, right? And in um, and, in and my thinking, with all of that, was no, we're not sinners. We were, mm-hmm. um, but our true identity is um, God's children, Redeemed. the way He yes. created us. We don't have to continually like walk around. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner you know, that's not what he's wanting us to do. So I did. And then I did also have like a second time of, um, really radical change. And it was, um, in 2003 coming into, know, um, God is my heavenly father. Mm -hmm. So for me, the father heart revelation was huge. Mm -hmm. And then I did at that time, um, I I came to know that God is not just God and not just a loving God, but he's a father and mm-hmm. that changes so much because right. um, our hearts are longing, you know, right. usually for a father's love. But um, so at that time, it was such a radical change for me. I got a lot of heart healing and began, you know, training to mm-hmm. bring that for other people. But so then I turned around and looked at the stuff I had learned and believed um through the word of faith movement and there were there were things there that i was like okay i don't feel i don't b- agree with this anymore i right. don't agree with that anymore and really began to look at everything through the lens of the father heart right. revelation right at that time so um both of those times were very you know hard but good yes. all at the same time yes
1: I still believe in God, one hundred percent. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me, um, and to give bring me freedom of death and everlasting life. One hundred percent. I have a relationship with God. I talk to Him. Um, I pray. Maybe not the way y'all pray, (laughs) or or demon prayer. Um, But I, I one hundred percent know. I'm not going to say feel, but I know that I am in God and I'm in Christ, and I'm living my life fulfilling that. Uh, So when I was talking with this friend, um, she asked me something about church, I guess, and I was going to stutter for a moment. And then I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to tell her, I'm I'm just going to blurt it out. And She either likes me or she doesn't. And, you know, she's been a longtime friend. So we'll figure it out. And so what I don't even remember what I said, but like, I don't go to church anymore. Um, I don't believe probably half the things that I've been taught. And uh, she was just like, oh, my gosh, that's so awesome. Um, And so here's this woman in her 70s that's going through it. Um, And then just recently, again, I met up with an old friend of mine from the Chicago area and I stopped by to spend an afternoon with her on my trip back home from visiting my children. And um, right away, she started saying things that I was like, wow, you know, she's 73. She's deconstructing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm uh, again, I'm still on this journey. It doesn't hurt quite as much as it did. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm in a good place. Mm -hmm. I'm in a good place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mentally, emotionally. Mentally, emotionally. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think some people might have trouble believing, but it could actually be the Holy Spirit drawing people out of churches yes because um they want to do something new the holy spirit wants to do something new and Uh, different and well we um maybe we'll talk again sometime and you know kind of filter through more things Things that we that would be great um, that'd be great yeah but yeah so we'll close here and um you know, thank you everyone for listening and watching if you got to this point and, um, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's fun. Thanks for having it. And, um, but I just want to speak to just say to everyone, you know, um, I just want your journey with God, your relationship with God, um, to be authentic and Mm -hmm. real and healthy And because he's good. He's a loving father. Absolutely. um, Yeah. You can trust him. So,
1: all right. Until next time, have a wonderful week.